This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Welcome back, everybody. Dairy Brothers Tribecast on a Monday. Big week ahead for the fellas as they head to Chicago and Cincinnati. A sweep this weekend of the unnamed team. Matt and Todd with you on WaitingForNextYear.com. It is the Dairy Brothers Tribe cast after a fun weekend. Uh, Todd, was uh, you were at the uh, ballpark uh, yesterday. <laughs> I can't wait to hear some of these stories. Uh, if, we were, if you were listening on the radio or watching on TV like I was, you could hear the heckling going on and some, uh, some drunks going crazy. But we're, so much to get into, Todd, after the uh, Indians take care of, of the team in Detroit. And now, uh, you know, five and three, all alone in first place. Uh, a, a fun weekend, but still better baseball to be played for sure. Let's talk about your first place. Cleveland Indians. There you go. There you go. All you suckers out there have oh, lost God. the first two to do. Kyle, calm down. Oh, we're not even going to make it to 500 this year. Oh, geez. It's a marathon, not a sprint, fuckers. Okay? <laughs> Whoa. Man, you shot out of Listen, a cannon. That's good. That's I, I, good. I'm that's good. up because you want to know something? I've, we, I've watched every pitch of the season thus far. Honestly, I've watched every pitch. And, the, and, and Who has my it? take... Who hasn't? A lot of people, considering the attendance numbers. What is it, uh, the old Harry Doyle? In case you haven't noticed, and judging by the attendance, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, but but. Well, that uh, that in this that in this uh, TV controversy with uh, the the, oh the my, networks YouTube and TV. Yeah, it's a real problem. Absolutely, we can. Uh, I was over uh, at a friend's house the other night. Uh, the other night, uh, sitting in his beautiful outdoor uh, um, patio area with a television. Shout out to the great Arvin, and we were starving. Uh, Arvin, we were, we were at, uh, we were, you know, it was the, it was Friday night. It was like seven o'clock, and Brooke yells, uh, "Hey Arvin, can you turn the Indians game on?" And he turns me, <laughs> "I got some bad news. I got YouTube TV, and I can't get the games." And I'm like, "What? That is awful." So he's explaining to me all this stuff. So long. The long and the short of it is, I have Spectrum. And I have the Spectrum app, and he has a uh, uh, Fox Sports Go on his Apple TV. So we went to the Fox Sports Go app and signed in on my account. And we we were uh, going to the sweet sounds of Matt Underwood, Rick Manning, and Andre Knott. So, yeah, so it was all good. Well, the tribal play from in front. <clears throat> oh, oh, baby, he's Johnny on the spot. <laughs> you know that? You know, the, the, the good news is that they swept uh, the unnamed team this weekend. I thought they played pretty clean baseball. And, you know, say what you want. Your baseball team is a first-place team. we got a long way to go. But the way I see it, the way I've watched this team pitch this for these first, you know, over the first eight games, this team's going no is, – is here to stay. They're, they're not going anywhere, man. They are – they're staying at the top of that division or near the top of that division all season long. I, I truly believe it. I truly believe it. And I say that also judging off of what I know of the rest of the teams in this division. Well, I mean, let, let's, you know, by, by the way, we are brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein and BreakingT.com. 
Um, there's there's a lot to kind of dive into. Certainly, the offense had its moments during the first week. Plus, where you went, oh my gosh, are we ever going to score any runs? This is this is terrible. It's the same guys having to hit. Uh, the center field position sucks. The first base position sucks. Shortstop's not hitting. So there was all of that. And then you get to the weekend, and yes, uh, it's when you're facing you know Derek Holland and Jose Urania. And guys like that, I, I think Scooble's going to be pretty decent for that team eventually, but the Indians certainly racked him around the other night. It, it's a tough judge. This week you're going to see Lucas Giolito, and we'll get into that, and, and Lance Lynn. And, 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 and so there's going to be some, some better pitching that the Indians are going to face this week. But you're right, Todd, you win in this sport with pitching and defense. Yes, and timely hitting. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes has provided a lot of timely hits. Uh, the Indians all of a sudden are like this home run team this year, and the numbers have pointed out when they lead the league in, in home runs or they or they start off fast, they do well, and, and they go on long runs in the playoffs, which is a, a weird weird stat, and I think Zach Meisel had it uh, yesterday. But so far, you're right. I mean, when it comes down to it, these arms, these young arms and this young rotation continue to blossom. Logan Allen has shown over the first couple of starts, whether it's Kansas City and Detroit or not, that he can get people out, and 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 that's what it's about, and it, and it works, and that's been the Indians' philosophy, and so far it's uh, you know through eight games it's worked. Yeah, and it's been you know the the, the first couple of games against the Tigers, and, and I went over this uh, last last week, but those were kind of boring. I won't lie, but again, the first game was you know the, the opener was snowing and cold, and you know. Oh, it was, weather, free. it was freezing. Yeah, it, it was no good. And I gave you props on the podcast. I said, I, I I, don't know how you did it and sat through that garbage, but you, you did it and you're my hero. But but uh, they they looked they looked a lot more competent after that first series. You know, the, the next two series against the Royals and the Tigers here in Cleveland, the at-bats were better. Um, it seems like Tito has a better handle on where he wants to go. It's very interesting with, with, with the lineup. It's very interesting because, you know, sometimes you'll go two weeks without seeing a left-handed starter. And it's the Indians have faced more left-handers than right-handers by far. And again, coming up this week, there's three left-handers coming up. So it's given, and I talked about this last week, it's given Tito the opportunity to give Yu Chang more at-bats than Jake Bowers and to give Jordan Lupo more at-bats than Ben Gamble, and to put Ahmed Rosario out in center field a couple times to get his feet wet. So uh, I, I, I like the way things have gone, this, this, especially th- this week in those series against the Royals and the Tigers at home. And, and yesterday was a prime example where you saw the unnamed team, and they're pathetic, and, and they've been pathetic, and they will remain pathetic as long as their pathetic general manager is, is sitting in his chair. They don't have any talent. And on top on top of that, <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, their right fielder, who probably shouldn't even be on the team, who's just a, a you know a, a hanger on and, and Mazzara is throwing the baseball all over the diamond. Whereas with the Indians, for the most part, other than the opener when they didn't have to hit the cutoff man uh, on the Jacoby Jones double, which pissed me off, and. Uh, there was one other play that they and Jimenez airmailed a throw. Say the eleventh, we were up eleven to one when he made the error. Yeah, Jimenez airmailed a throw. Other than that, the Indians have played like you said, very solid, uh, fundamental baseball defensively. They've turned every double play. How many times did this weekend the Indians 
hit into a double play that the unnamed team couldn't turn because their 4-6-3 or 6-4-3 stinks. Whereas if there's a ball hit to Cesar, he goes to Jimenez. That thing is turned. You know, guys hit cutoff men. Uh, guys made plays. Ahmed Rosario got tested very early. Was it Saturday night? Or maybe uh, when, no, when a, Friday. Friday night when a ball, when he, he, he had a, a bad read on it, but he made the play. You know, we'll see how that goes this week in Chicago and Cincinnati and some more unfamiliar territory for him in center field. But pitching and defense is so important. And with Tito at the helm and with this staff, I think that they, they're they catching the baseball. And that's good. And that's still going to be a concern because Rosario in left field is not a gold glover by any stretch. And certainly Josh Naylor in right doesn't have the great wheels. But, you know, and first base has been okay defensively. But that's how you can, that, how, that's how this team is going to have to win because, like you said, until we maybe get a Daniel Johnson up here or a Bobby Bradley up here in the lineup lengthens a little bit, I still think this team is going to struggle to score some runs. I mean, Jose Ramirez bailed them out on Wednesday afternoon. I mean, if he doesn't hit the two home runs, there's no offense that whole series against the Royals. So, but that's how special Jose you know, is. Absolutely, you're 100 percent right. You don't need to tell me I was there. It was beautiful. Uh, Jose Ramirez is the guy is a freaking god. Okay, the fact that he has the contract that he has, if 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 you were another agent and there was a player that you were trying to sign and you were up against Jose Ramirez, is I gotta believe he's fired that guy by now. But how does he how does he live with himself knowing that he basically cost his client at least? You know, low end fifty million dollars. If if I, I, this is this is, and I don't want to bring him up because of the moratorium. But Jose Ramirez is a superior player to the redacted ex shortstop. Ah, there it is. And and again, you you tell me the last time that the redacted ex shortstop of this team had two home runs and basically amounted to the entire offense and won a game for the team. It hadn't happened in about three years. Well, we're also losing. We're also losing the game when Ramirez hit the two-run homer. Then Karinchek yeah. gave up the, the run to tie, and then Ramirez hits the go-ahead home run in that same game. So, it wasn't just like he had a couple of bombs in an eight-one game. That was down two to one. He made it Absolutely. three to two, um, or, or one nothing, and then two two. He made it four two. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't pull a Brooke Jacoby hit solo homers when you're down ten to two in the eighth inning. That's a good call. That's a great call. You know, and and, and it's funny because uh, the other day uh, when I was at the game, you know, Dad, as you know, one of his famous lines at Indians games when Brooke Jacoby would come up because he couldn't stand him. He what what would he say when Brooke would come up with men on the base? All right, he would say, "Come on, Brookie, get lucky." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, to, and Jake Bowers came up. The other day, I yelled with two on, and I was like, "Come on, Jake, get lucky!" Yeah. Can we have a conversation about Jake Bowers? Oh yeah, absolutely. He, he's he's dive right in. I mean, he he's god awful. God, he, he he. I mean, I think he had a decent at bat. I'm trying to remember which game it was, and he had Yesterday, like a. Yesterday, he hit a line shot to short that was right. I don't know about a line shot. I mean, it was. It was. Was it? So I don't think it was I'm hit not, that. I'm, listen, I, I am not a Bowers defender, but you know, he, is, he didn't make it to the majors. He, he is capable of hitting a line drive at somebody one time. He did hit a home run in that uh, exhibition game uh, against Arizona <laughs> a couple weeks ago. 
I mean, and that, that poor guy, there's only so much longer he can go on this roster. I mean, let's be honest. I, I, I said to you and the executive producer, Jeremy, today, I think he's got 45 games in him to get it no way, together. No way. They're going to they pull, pull the plug a lot quicker than that. I'm talking about 45 team games, not 45 games of his. Did so, you notice, by the way, and Ags actually brought this up, Bowers played against the lefty, um, this weekend, I believe, or they gave him maybe. No, I'm sorry. They gave him a bat late in the game against the lefty, and I think I think it was. And I, I no, he played against De, he played against Derek Holland because because he was in the lineup, and then they scratched uh, Teheran uh, like at the last minute. So yeah, but they left Bowers in there, and Alex texted me. He's like, I don't understand why they're playing Bowers. Why they would leave Bowers in there? And my explanation is. I still believe that Tito doesn't want anything to do with him, and he's given him enough rope to hang himself, essentially. If, I mean, that's... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he wants to show that he's not a good player. And and that he that he's... Or he's... Listen, I've given him, Chris and, and Mike, this is the guy you want, this is the guy you're going to get, and watch him until you can't watch him anymore. And, I mean, I, I, I will say, and you and I talked about this before... Yu Chang looks really good at first base. I mean, Yu Chang is not the long-term solution at first, but he's handled the position and his bats a hell of a lot better than I anticipated him doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he needs a chance, and certainly first base is not his natural position. He's a middle infielder, but getting his bat in the lineup, he he delivered a very, very key hit um, in the win last Sunday. And he's hit the ball pretty hard. I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but, no, um, but he's doing his is, job. He, is he a better option than Jake Bowers? Yes. I, I mean, I, I think uh, the Bilski brothers are better options than Jake Bowers. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. With facing all these lefties, Tito's done a nice job of mixing and matching everyone. Everybody's fresh, if you think about it. In years past, there's always been a guy who's been on the roster who, like, never, it, it, you know, like Yu Chang, he'd be on the team and he wouldn't play for two weeks last year or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, utility man just wouldn't get in. Everybody has played pretty much and everybody has stayed fresh. Yeah, everybody but you know? everybody but one person. Well, that's Phil Maytown. I mean, it's almost like, wait, Uncle Phil, is he on the team? The poor guy can't get into a game. Did he really? Has he really not made an appearance yet? I don't. Th- I'm pretty sure he has. I can't remember. You said that the other day in text. He had to have come in once. No, right? I don't think he's pitched in any game. I'm pretty. I mean, look it up while I'm talking. I'm pretty sure he has not made an appearance because Oliver Perez has only made one appearance. One. Yeah, you're right. That's true. That's true. I'm I'm looking it up, so we'll keep talking. But I mean, here's the thing: they're going to need to play everybody. This week, because they're going to Cincinnati for the weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So with the pitcher hitting and pinch hitting and all that crap and double steal or double switches, all these guys are going to have to play. So that'll be good. I give Tito a lot of credit too because they've had all these off days. You know, they play they play Monday for the opener, then they had the rain day Tuesday just in case. Then they played Wednesday, then they were off on Thursday with another team coming in on Friday. So. It's been difficult to kind of get into a groove. There should be no arguing. I mean, arguments arguments now about guys not getting into a groove because they're playing every day this week and they're going right from the uh, the unnamed series to the White Sox tonight. So, um, 
That'll be good. Khan, by the way, has made one appearance and he, he faced one batter. And I remember it was uh, what he came in. Yes, he came in. It was the uh, um, he, he he came in for a starter. It was like I can't oh God, I can't remember what it was, but I see he's made one appearance, pitched one third of it. Really. I don't remember yes. it. I don't remember him yeah, pitching I'll at all. A, I'll go in a game log, but I forgot that he even pitched. So yes, everybody's gotten in. But, and but to the bigger question about Phil Maton is, uh, you and I both expected him to to make a a big leap and that this was going to be a big year for him, and he has not. I mean, listen, April third was his one appearance in Detroit, one third of an inning. <laughs> That's it. He hasn't pitched since April third. Today's April twelfth. So it's been nine days. It's, you know, I understand why, you know, remember it. Here's the other thing. Um, we all knew this was coming, and this is not anything that's breaking news. <clears throat> Excuse me, but but Tito's uh, affinity for Brian Shaw is, is obvious. I mean, Friday night, high leverage spot, four-run lead, but still seventh, eighth inning, whatever it was. He brought Shaw in. Yesterday, same thing. Had a lead, sixth inning. Um, yeah. And he brought Shaw in. So absolutely, and which which points to he has jumped Maton because going into spring at training, least so I, far. you and I both thought that Maton would be the guy along with Class A Whitgren uh, and Karen Jack as the four big high leverage arms in the bullpen. Man, well, I'll say this. I mean, we we I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on Jake Bowers, the rollovers to second. Uh, Tom Hamilton, <laughs> Tom, Tom Hamilton was on this show, this podcast weeks ago, and he didn't rip Jake Bowers, but he basically said, look, how much more do we need to see? And then people are telling us, oh, you should hear Hammy talk about Jake Bowers on the radio. Um, <laughs> that's what, what that's, isn't that so refreshing to have announcers that tell like it is. It's so great. Yeah. It's just, you know what, let me read the text. And then I want to mention, speaking of announcers yesterday, I was at the game, so I didn't uh, obviously get to listen. But <laughs> Bowers came up, and there was two on and one out, and he ended up hitting a ground ball. And I believe the, I think he's a run scored, right? Yes, first and so, third. It was first and third, yeah, one out. First, it says Tom Hamilton's call on that play. Quote: The good news is Bowers hit the ball so poorly they weren't able to turn the double play. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so gosh! Good. But but to your point about the uh, announcers earlier this week, the Mets or last week, I mean, the Mets won the game. And if you didn't see it, uh, it was the bases loaded. Uh, you know, I don't know how many outs there were. Tie game, one out, ninth inning, one out, one out in the ninth inning. And Michael Conforto of the Mets basically leaned in and took a strike but it glanced off his elbow and he made no effort to move. And the umpires ended up saying hit by a pitch game's over. And the Mets announcing team of Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, who did the complete opposite of anything you would ever hear from any other announced team. Basically were saying, this is a travesty. He was hit by a pitch. The umpires blew it everything, but be homers. And it was so refreshing to hear. It was basically like a national call of a local team, and you don't get that anymore. No, no, you rare, you rarely do. And you know, I spent the weekend obviously watching us play, and because I live here in Michigan, I was <clears throat> listening to the the home feed. And you know, just I, 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 I'm trying to be nice here, but 
you know, the, just just listening to, oh, Robbie Grossman's a grinder and, oh, another walk for Robbie Robbie Grossman in the dugout. It's like, geez, I mean. <laughs> oh, you mean, you mean, uh, uh, you mean, uh, hey, Rex Grossman's your dad, according to the loser drunks next to me yesterday? <laughs> That's what they were saying. I could hear the wooing all weekend. Different times he came up. Where's your dad, Rex Grossman? Oh, <laughs> twenty beers and act like dickheads. Was that? I mean, you 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 were tweeting it out, and you were very uh, you were very upset. It, it just was it that bad? Because I, there's okay. nothing worse than go. You're right, and because we're spaced out, we're distancing. There's only so many people that are allowed even in the stadium. Not that the Indians are going to put twenty five thousand yet in the stadium, but uh, even if the even if there was no pandemic. But it just seemed like, yeah, these drunks in your section. I mean, why, why act it like that? Wasn't in, and so here, here's basically what it was. I am in my section. The section to my left, there were, and probably three rows behind me, were four 20-something drunk buffoons who didn't shut up. And then about two innings after them, one section over to my right and about two rows in front of me were four other drunken 20-something buffoons who decided they wanted to be as funny as the other guys, like D- Daniel Norris was pitching, and the guy kept going, no show, Norris. <laughs> like, how is that funny? It's, it, it's not funny the first time, but when you hear it the 20th time, it's really not funny. But these, it was, it was driving me and your nephew insane, to the point where it was ruining, like, but the thing is, when there's only... 7,000 people in the stands and everyone's spread out. It's quiet. So the, you can hear everything. If someone wants to be a loudmouth buffoon, you're going to hear it. And these guys didn't stop. Like they disappeared to get more beers, uh, probably like the sixth inning. And it was like a real pleasure. And they came back and they're like, don't call the comeback. Let's go. We're back. We see you. Three, three, you know, whatever. They're yelling numbers. Oh my God. I just, but, but where, where's 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 Annie? Where's Annie? Can you get Annie and wave her down and be like, get these guys under control? The thing is, they weren't swearing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were annoying. They weren't like cussing and you know being whatever. They were just being drunken idiots. And like, right, I'm not gonna. Right, right. Plus, do I need to like start a fight? Yeah. No. Right. With my son there and. You know, no, but it, but it, but it is annoying. It was like Game Seven for us in 2016. The amount of drama in our section and the shouting at each other and the gloating in the front row and it was just the whole game we were we were like we were like babysitting yeah well that was i I don't i don't ever need to discuss those buffoons again either but i just i don't understand why someone thinks it's funny in a quiet stadium to act that way you want to cheer for your team like i do when we score runs and stand up and you know yell you know for my fine Right, the right, taunting right. of the Tigers on a Sunday in April is just, it just grow the fuck up, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, and, and Kirk Gibson said on the uh, Tiger broadcast yesterday, he goes, you hear those hecklers? Because they're not, they were broadcasting from, from Michigan. They weren't even on the road trip, so they're, they're in a studio, which most road teams are doing until COVID uh, gets under control. Um, but they were even saying, you hear those hecklers? And, and Gibby made a funny line. He said, uh, yeah, they have an audience in their head, and that's about it. So, which he was right about. Um, other than you know, going through his his genuflecting of Robbie Grossman 
what a leader, what a leader in the clubhouse. But when when you talk about players being good in the clubhouse or good in the dugout, you know what that means? That means they can't play. That means you don't have Adam Plutko. Right. Great guy. Right. Such a lead. Such a leader. Meantime, he's a fifth starter, swing reliever. So long, man. But. Uh, yeah, that that did not seem fun for you yesterday. <laughs> you could like fun it is. Yeah, it, 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 to be honest, it borderline ruined the experience for me. Um, you know, I just whatever. It, it's not worth discussing anymore. I just for the life of me, I can't understand it. And what's interesting is I tweeted it out, and like I texted you, and I texted a couple other people, and everybody could hear it on television. Oh yeah, apparently. apparently. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, yeah, you couldn't miss it. Matt and Todd with you, Dairy Brothers Tribecast on waitingfornextyear.com. Uh, let's talk about this bullpen and and what's, what is standing out because there's something that the Indians haven't had in a long time that's actually there. Uh, but first, Todd is going to tell us about uh, Dr. Ben Hornstein, the Center for Advanced Dentistry. What, did you send her the – was it the selfie? Was that a couple weeks ago when you two were uh, taking pictures? Me and Doc? Yeah. No, that was a long time ago. Was it? I feel like it was that yesterday. Was my last visit before my last visit. That was like last October. Ron Tober? Regardless, regardless, regardless uh, if you want the cleanest teeth that you could possibly have, if you have any sort of dental brown or a cracked tooth or whatever you need, and you want someone with steady hands, very gentle and someone who's going to make you laugh while doing it, you got to visit Dr. Ben Hornstein and his partner, Dr. Sean Schlessel, at the Center for Advanced Dentistry. There's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can check out their website with the beautiful smiling photos of those two handsome devils themselves uh, at cfad.net, or you could call them at 216-595-1710, and tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you. They're in uh, Beechwood, right off of Chagrin Boulevard in Orange Place, off the Chagrin Boulevard exit. If you, again, anything you need in terms of dentistry, they got you covered. They love Cleveland sports. They love the Cleveland baseball team just like we do. So please, check them out. Again, cfad.net or give them a call at 216-595-1710, the Center for Advanced Dentistry, and tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you. Now, Matt, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. When you were just on your vacation last week, mm-hmm. did you bring any Breaking Tea Tribe t-shirts with you? I did. I had the uh, Sticks uh, Tristan McKenzie shirt on and popping uh, in beautiful South Carolina uh, last week. And, uh, yeah, I love their shirts. If you go to BreakingTea.com slash dairy, you can see all the Browns, Cavs, Indians gear. The Cavs, uh, by the way, the other night I looked up, I think the Toronto Raptors had 90 points at halftime. So at least the tankathon is on uh, back in Cleveland. There's there's no more better uh, uh, early April tradition than the Indians in first place and the basketball team tanking. So if you want the Jarrett Allen Fro shirt, you can get it at BreakingTea.com. You also get the Indian stuff, the Jose Ramirez shirt, the Plesak shirt, the McKenzie shirt. I love it. And the best thing, Todd, about these shirts is they're very comfortable. They're soft. Very soft. So I love the soft shirt. It, I've, I've worn it a couple times. I've washed it a couple times. It has not shrunk. Breaking tea shirts, they got everything you want. If you're a, a brown, like I said, Browns, Cavs, Indians fan, or you want anything else, um, anything that's hot, like Joe Musgrove throws a no-hitter, boom, they've got a shirt out the next day. You know, if, if the Browns uh, uh, sign what's-his-name Clowney, uh, they'll make a Clowney shirt, and they'll do it fast, and that's what they do at BreakingTea.com. 
throw the slash dairy in there, and then put Tribecast 10 in when you're ordering for 10% off at BreakingTea.com. Right. Before we move on, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you need two questions, actually. One, do they have a Dean Wade t-shirt? Because if so, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting it. Uh, question number two, you do you dry your t-shirts? Uh, yeah. What is this, amateur hour? Of course they're going to shrink, dude. You know, you're not, not, break, not breaking tees, they don't. You can't dry t-shirts, man. you got to go drying rack on those. I used to. I used to hang them up back in the day. I, I dry rack all my t-shirts. Really? Um, oh, yeah, that's true. I have been in your office when you've, been, uh, when you've had the rack out. You know out. how it is over here on, Friday, on Fridays when there's uh, <laughs> the drying racks full of clothing? Because I refuse to dry anything. Okay, sorry. Let, that's let's, funny. Let's get back. Let's get back on topic. No, that's good. That's a good topic, actually. Do you dry your shirts? I know. I I know. We cold wash everything. That I know. Because sometimes, if you warm wash, it could shrink there. That I did not know. I just go by whatever is uh, going down. So, and I'm the laundry man in this house. So there I, you go. How about that? Look at you. What's up? Yeah. What about Emmanuel Classe? Manny. Hey. Oh my God, this guy. Can you? I mean, the Indians have always had pretty good bullpens, and it's one thing that I know Cherninetti they take pride in. And you go back to the pen, you know, of years past with Andrew Miller and Shaw and 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 Cody Allen. But man, we got some guys throwing hard at the end of that at the end of games. Karen Chacks hitting ninety eight, ninety nine, Class A one oh one. That's a game changer, Todd. It really is. Well, I liked it yesterday. It's actually this weekend, kind of visualize for us what we're going to see uh, from the bullpen. It seems, you know, uh, I know that Whitgren got the first save chance, but in the game that he pitched, Class A came on in the eighth because they were in the middle of the order, the the, the heart of the order. Um, I think what he wants to do with his three big relievers being uh, Nick Whitgren, uh, James Karinczak, and Emmanuel Class A is, I think he wants Class A to face the toughest guys, you know, the three, four, five, or whatever it might be, or one, two, whatever it might be, one, two, three. Uh, Karen Chak would be in front of him, and then Whitgren would kind of face the, you know, the bottom of the order, I guess you would say. So, like yesterday, I, uh, when when uh, um, it came back around, and it was the sixth inning, Shaw, Brian Shaw came in through a seven pitch inning, 96 with his cutters. It was beautiful. I mean, I got to give the guy credit, uh, but Whitgren came on to face the bottom of the order, and the way it was supposed to work out, assuming that Karen Jack didn't end up walking someone, which he ended up doing, and, is that the the middle of the order was when Class A was going to come in. I don't think you can argue with the fact that this guy's got to be the closer. He he is, you know, he's throwing eighty five percent of his pitches are a hundred or hundred one mile, miles per hour. It's unbelievable, and he looks. Untouchable. If he's in the zone, forget it. I mean, it's this is the most dominant looking reliever that we've had since uh, since Andrew Miller. I mean, Karinchek had some really good moments last year, uh, but then he had some down moments, and we always know that he's always one wild streak away from imploding. Um, you know, yesterday was a prime example. He came in, and he immediately walked the first guy he faced. And then he struck out the side, <laughs> but it got, he needed to get the three, two uh, with the second batter. So you kind of never know what you're going to get with him, but I am 
blown away by Emmanuel Class A, and this is why you can never judge one of these trades when you get a younger pitcher back, you know, immediately. Because I remember in June and July of last year, even though the Kluber was uh, had pitched one inning, the entire fan base was going, oh, we got ripped off. We should have gotten more for Kluber. Well, you potentially have your closer for the next six years, and Kluber pitched one inning for the Rangers last year. So I love him. I don't know about you. He's fan, no, he's fantastic, and uh, he basically is, is throwing 80% fastballs because the other team can't hit him. Now, again, right. I want to see how he does in, 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 a, in a save opportunity in Chicago or Cincinnati, a couple of band boxes this week against real offenses. No, no offense to, to what the Indians have seen already, but uh, let's be honest here. That, that's, that's, you know, that's such a 4A team that they played this weekend, uh, minus their, their, their big meal ticket guy who – pretty much is finished anyway in Miguel Cabrera. But now let's see how he does against the heart of the order of the White Sox or against Castellanos, Suarez, and, you know, apparently Tyler Naquin, some big star in Cincinnati. I picked him up on my NL-only team this week. Ah, yes. <laughs> but, I don't want to get into a whole thing about Tyler Naquin either, but, like, the fans... Yeah, good, for, were, good for him. Good for him, I agree. But the fans, if I had to see one more tweet of... Well, of course we got rid of Tyler Naquin because we didn't want to pay him. I know he no was one he was wanted with him. He, he signed February fifteenth for God's sake. I know he was with us for years. People wanted him gone and after Game Six of twenty sixteen. You mean your brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! By the way, you mentioned Cutter. Uh, Brian Shaw throws the cut fastball. Did you know that kid Cuddy? Do you know who that is? Yes, he was on Saturday Night Live that night. Is happiness. He was on the jams. He's Cleveland's own, dude. I didn't realize. I know who he is. He's from Cleveland. Well, I didn't realize he was from Cleveland, let alone went to Shaker Heights High and got kicked out and ended up at Solon. Did you know that? That I did not know. Yeah. Because we're watching I'm a read. We usually watch Sunday mornings. We usually on DVR check out Saturday Night Live. And I think that show is terrible, but my wife loves it. And so, you know, she, she sits through how many Indians games with me. So we're watching Kid Cuddy. And she's like, oh, did you know this guy? She was looking him up, and she's like, he's from Cleveland. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, he went to Shaker Heights High School and graduated from Solon. I'm like, how about well, that? To be honest, anything Cleveland, unless it's the tribe, you're kind of out these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Cleveland man. knowledge is, has dropped. You haven't, lived here, you haven't lived here in 20 years, right? I, that's right, 20, 25. Right, so there you go. I know, about, I know about Legacy Village. Please, that place sucks. <laughs> What's, what's good over there? <laughs> Don't they have Cheesecake oh, Factory oh, over there? Crest, baby. Come up. Hey, Harvard, Harvard Road, represent. That's right. But yeah, right. but ahead. but seriously, all these guys hitting triple digits, it's just, it is, it's, you know, the Indians for years, like we said, and I know Andrew Miller used to throw really hard and so did Cody Allen, but then it kind of dropped off for a while. But now with yeah. all this swinging and missing that's going on in baseball, that's, that's how you're going to win. And, uh, Hopefully, Class A is fresh for tonight. Hopefully, we, we get to him and, and have a lead. And uh, it's nice. This bullpen's good. It really is good. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. I really am. You know, when you have – I've said this to you many times, and we've discussed it. There is nothing that can kill a season quite like a bad bullpen can. But it looks like the Indians have a lot of really good arms and options out there when you have a lead. And listen, you're not going to be perfect, and they're going to blow leads from time to time. Closers blow leads. They're going to blow saves. You know, 
you know, the firemen roll. Sometimes they blow leads, whatever. I'll take my chances with this pitching, uh, you know, give me six innings from the starter and, and, and mixing and matching with those those three guys. And I still believe Phil Maton will get a, a, a shot there. Um, and, you know, Brian Shaw continues to pitch the way he has. That's that's great, too. He's going to have a lot of options. I think you'll see more. You'll see more Maton and Oliver Perez coming up, you know, as we get deeper into the season and probably this week because – like you said before, there were three off days, you know, sandwiched between the opener and um, the Friday, the opener, uh, the the Friday game against the Tigers this weekend. So, you know, now the Indians are are basically have one off day between now and April twenty eighth. So everyone's going to have to be used. Tristan McKenzie's finally going to get a start or two starts this week. Um, so, yeah, but but again, this bullpen. I'll, I'll take my chances with them. They, they look they look really good and really deep so far. And we didn't even talk about Trevor Steffen, who also throws 97-98. Yeah. So I know he gave up a home run the other night, but he throws hard. And it's kind of the way the baseball is going right now. All right, so good shape through eight games, five and three. This, is a, this will be a tough week this week. And I know the White Sox don't have Tim Anderson. He's out, which is a huge break for the Indians. And also Eloy Jimenez is going to be out for months. Uh, but I was doing a little scouting of the White Sox yesterday. They lost 4-3 to three to the Royals. Uh, again, Kansas City scored the run in the 10th off of uh, Crochet, where uh, they start the runner at second base to start the 10th oh, inning. It's just dumbish. It, it is just so minor league. I guess it speeds games up, you know, but... I guess, but like it's like you said, it's so minor league. Like, what did that team do to deserve to have a runner on second base? It, it's it, It's just... And I know it goes both ways. I just think it's so stupid. Like, I could see, you're right. Like, even yesterday, what happened was the Royals, so Carlos hits a homer to tie it, sends it to extra innings in Chicago. They start the 10th with uh, Ta- uh, Michael Taylor at second. Nicky Lopez. K. Taylor? That's or correct. Michael K. Taylor? Michael, that's so. right. Yeah. Nicky Lopez bunts Taylor over. So they walk Merrifield, So which is the right move. But, like, if the whole point of putting a runner on second is to gain more action, you took the bat out of your best hitter's hands. Whit Merrifield's a god. <laughs> that guy's damn good. So now it's first and third. But then Benintendi with a safety squeeze and crochet through the ball away. And that's how they scored. So I guess from the MLB standpoint, it's, hey, look at this action we created. Two bunts, you know. But you're right. What did Kansas City and they, really and I do? Get it. They want to. Sp- I, I I understand that, and they want to speed up the games, and they're you know. But I. I but listen, am I a baseball purist of of sorts? Yes, and so are you. I just I I hate it, and I hate seven inning doubleheaders. I, I I just think it cheapens the game. I hate that a guy like Crochet, who's really good uh, for the yeah. White Sox, the lefty throws like a hundred. But what did he really do? And yeah, yeah, he made the error. But, like, you're right. He took the loss. What did he really do? That runner on second had nothing to do with him. It wasn't his it was fault. game last year with James Karinczak. Same he thing. the loss, and it was basically like they bunted the guy over and the next guy hit a sack fly, and he didn't give up a hit and got no and, and didn't allow a base runner, and he was a losing pitcher. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, so let's talk about this week. So the White Sox for four games in Chicago. We've got three night games, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the Thursday 205 special. Uh, we'll run down the pitching matchups. And then Friday, a night against Cincinnati. Saturday, 4 o'clock game. 
against the Reds, and then Sunday the usual one uh, ten. The White Sox are four and five to start the year. Uh, they started the year out west, if I recall, uh, playing yes. the Angels, and the Reds are actually playing pretty good baseball as uh, they are in first place at six and three. But they're out west right now. They played Arizona um, and now San Francisco. So tonight, as you mentioned, Todd, Tristan McKenzie will get two starts tonight against Carlos Rodon, uh, who's had his moments against the Indians. He's been either like feast or famine. Uh, so that's a lefty. Tuesday's game is a much wa- a must-watch. Shane Bieber against Lucas Giolito. Nice. Those are two of the better pitchers in the game. Uh, Wednesday, Zach Plesak against Dallas Keuchel, so another left-hander. And then Thursday afternoon, Aaron Savali against uh, Cy Lynn, Lance Lynn. That guy's like complete game shutout in his first start. I got to I gotta say that I was very hard on him for a long time, and I always said, oh, this guy, is he's Ryan Dempster, he's Kyle Loge, one of these guys who goes, you know, he's a National League pitcher for the, when he was on the Cardinals. Not typical National League guy, you get him the American League, and he'll be nothing more than a fifth starter. Well, he, he's throwing harder than he's ever thrown. He was great with the Rangers, who held him too long, in my opinion. And uh, now he's a you know, big free agent signing, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Indians handle a hard-throwing righty who they really have not faced yet. Uh, you know, the be- who, Who's the, the best starting pitcher the Indians have faced so far? I mean, they really haven't faced anybody with any sort of pedigree, so... That should be uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, no, and Giolito is really good, and and, and uh, Lance Lynn, like I said, his first start was uh, a yeah. masterpiece. Uh, then they go to Cincinnati. Uh, Logan Allen will pitch on Friday night against right-hander Jeff Hoffman. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, I don't. Jeff Hoffman, never heard of him. Yeah. How's that? Like Billy Bear, never heard of him. Right. So that's Friday night. Um, McKenzie against Jose De Leon, not the Jose De Leon from many years ago, but you know, the, look, the Reds have lost pitchers. Um, yeah. So Jose now, De Leon was a tough former top 100 prospect, though. Yes, he blew. He's had uh, Tommy John in the last two years. I know that. Yeah, so. and then Shane yeah. Bieber against Wade Miley, the lefty, on Sunday. Now, if the Reds wanted to, they could move. They could move Luis. They could move Luis Castillo up because they have an off day. On Wednesday, they could move him if he pitches Tuesday. He's pitching tomorrow against the Giants. So I don't know if they'll move him up, but right now, if they go in order and stay in order, it'll be Hoffman, DeLeon, and Miley over the weekend. So, you know, let, let's see if the bats can, can get a little bit more consistent. Um, I'll tell you what. I know we're talking about, you know, you, we want more consistency and we'd like to see them string hits together. But the way they're powering the ball with the home run ball, third were they third in the AL or third in the majors in home runs hit so far? And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that I think I've learned that Franmil Reyes's game ascension is the key to this offense. Yep, it really is. What he has done in the last five, four, you know, four or five games, it's not a coincidence that the Indians have won all those games. Because when you have the right... How many years and years and years did we talk about the right-handed power bat? This guy is so legit. And when he gets hot, like he had that hot streak last year, it just gives the offense such a different dynamic because you can't pitch around Jose Ramirez when when Eddie Rosario and Fraimio Reyes are the next two guys. And adding Eddie Rosario, I know he's off to a little bit of a slow start, but adding him with just another professional hitter behind Jose Ramirez is such 
an important aspect of lengthening this lineup. And, you know, but Reyes's uh, ascension and him staying hot is probably going to be the difference between this team going and getting back uh, to October baseball and not. So what, I, what, I just, what are they going to do? What are they going to do over the weekend? Where is he going to play? I think, well, you know, he took some fly balls and played a little bit of right field uh, during uh, spring. It wouldn't surprise me if you saw Naylor at first and Reyes in right field because you can't, you know, maybe they'll sit him one game, but you're not going to sit him. He's, you know, he's your best power bat. He's hot. You're not going to sit him, which, by the way, Major League Baseball not getting their act together for the universal DH. Oh, it's ridiculous. Just the dumbest of the dumb. Yeah. I mean, no you, 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 you still have, you still have, nobody. right. No, you still have paying customers. Okay. And if you're going to have plenty of people, I would think there'd be some Indians fans in Southern Ohio. Um, is there a chance on Saturday I could convince my daughter to come with me to Cincinnati? I don't know. <laughs> um, hey now, now we're talking. I don't know. I've done so much driving. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I, I was going to say, I, but let, but, 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 but there's, it's an outside shot, but I will ask and uh, I would go Saturday at four o'clock is it wets my whistle. But like, if I go, I would I want to see Fran Mil Reyes bat. I don't want to see uh, Tristan McKenzie bat. Sorry. That's, that's so stupid. So stupid. So, all right, brother. Well, we'll see how they do. Uh, great show. It was a lot of fun, as always. And we'll Today? do it. We'll do, that's that's right. We'll do it again next week, Les. We'll do it. Oh, man. I love that man. We're, I miss him so much. He's the greatest. I texted Allison. I texted Allison uh, last night and just said, uh, uh, about that sweep? Because I know she's she's still watching. And uh, she, lo- she, loves, she loves the Indians. Oh, yeah. For sure. So. All right, my friend, we're brought to you by a Center for Advanced Dentistry, Breaking Tea t-shirts at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Use the promo code TRIBECAST10 to get 10% off. And our friends at waitingfornextyear.com. There is no bigger tribe fan. There's no bigger tribe slappy than Craig Lindell. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> come, come on. God bless, God bless that man. I God love Craig. I can't, bu- I, can't bust his, I can't bust his chops a little bit. He's very negative on Twitter. <laughs> we'll have to have him on or he'll have to have us on his podcast to discuss his his, his gripes with uh with, with ownership and i don't think he has gripes with the no i'm just bust i'm just busting he has balls. gripes with ownership yeah. which many indian fans do that's right um we went we went 40 we went 46 minutes without saying the word dolan i know pretty pretty good and we didn't mention, uh, you know, I only mentioned the redacted X shortstop. With, didn't call him by his name, sticking to the moratorium. Uh, is there anything else we weren't allowed to talk about? How's that batting that average? It? How's that batting average, speaking of the moratorium? <laughs> I, refuse to, I, I refuse to even look. Oh. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't want to look. Well, look low. Look, look low. All right, uh, we'll talk to you again next week, everybody. Coming up. On 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.